Where is InsureTech headed next? This is where indie agents own the answer. Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Today, I have with us two very special guests, and the three of us are going to sit down and settle a 20-plus year debate. The debate over the buy now button, which I would say is kind of coming to a head here as PL Rating has launched the uh, buy now and bind button inside of the system and uh, a feature that's available for insurance agencies' websites. So um, who better to have this, uh, settle this debate with than the father of the buy button himself, the one and only, the legend, the OG Keith Savino, partner and uh, principal of PCF. Keith was the PIA National Director, past president of NetView, uh, uh, the Accord Board as well, and a self-proclaimed evangelist for independent agents. Keith is a man to know in the insurance industry, somebody that I've respected from afar for quite a long time and who I'm very excited to interview today. Keith, how are you, sir? Sid, I'm awesome, especially today, because we're gonna talk about something we've been chasing for 20 plus years. Let's go, I love it. All right, so before we get into the fight, give me a little bit on Keith. For those who have been in a hole, um, maybe hermiting their life, I don't know, maybe they were a monk in some Buddhist temple, they don't know you. How did you get into insurance? How did you decide to champion this cause? So I came into insurance through technology, actually. Ah, so okay. I, I was in the telephony industry. I was okay. doing networking and sales in the, in the telephony industry. And then I ended up in insurance. And my brother, who had been in the business, uh, he was also self-started, um, originally life insurance, pointed to a box of computers in the corner and said, you know what you could do? I bought these this like six months ago. I haven't even sliced open the boxes. Why don't you go over there, cut them open, and see what we can do with that? Seriously, and that was a Wang operating system, just to date myself. So, uh, yeah, and then, you know, the rest is history. Dot com time, I started writing technology risks. Uh, most people's eyes glazed over on that conversation. I got involved with writing cyber from the probably very first cyber policy. So that's what I do now. I oversee our national cyber practice uh, in PCF. And I've been involved in five different agencies over my career, sold mm. two. Mm. Uh, CIO, sales side, et cetera, and then all those groups that you mentioned before, Accord, PIA, Nephew, uh, Act, Augie, um, whatever it takes to try to move the, uh, the ball forward. Mm -hmm. Okay, so before we get into the history of, of the Buy Now initiative, I'm going to pass it over to Gordon Kendall. He is our Director of Product Management for PL Rating, the genius behind the Product Development Roadmap. Oh, yeah, sir. Oh, yeah. I've teeing it up for you. I got you. And, and somebody who uh, I've really loved getting to know over the past year and a half here at Vertifor. Gordon, how are you? Wonderful. Thanks, Sid, for, for having us here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so maybe just uh, give the audience a little bit of history on how you came to Vertifor. Why insurance? Most people 
I mean, I'm not going to say it, but I'll say it. Don't really like choose insurance at the end of the day. No, we don't. We, we never choose insurance. At least it wasn't in my story. So I spent <laughs> uh, close to 19 years at a carrier here in the East Cape on the East Coast where uh, it was a lot of upload, download, agency integration, agency management. Um, it really developed a, long, uh, a huge love for the independent agent channel and, mm. and always wanting to see them succeed. And it, it's funny how we, we never plan on being in insurance, but there are so many people around us in our lives that are, are in insurance, you know, and, and, and when we start mapping out our, our personal journey, insurance is never there, but we, we all land here, right? And, and then we can never get out. And then most of, most of the time it happens because we get great uh, or get tied to great organizations like, you know, ACT and Augie and all those other places where, um, you know, if you come in and, and you have the same desire to see the independent agent go forward, they don't allow you to leave. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I left the carrier there and I joined Border Four two years ago and to help continue to drive a uh, PL rating product forward, uh, really into this next this next generation, so to speak. You know, and the I, I always told um, our old boss Dave Dave Acker that you know, hey, you guys have done an amazing job lay, laying the foundation here to allow us to build off of and to continue to drive this forward. And you know, that's really why today I think is special having Keith here along with us to help us understand the vision that was placed out there over the last decade plus and, and how we can keep driving it forward. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to hear about how this thing is really coming to life. Cause it's been a vision for so long and now you've made it a reality, but before we get there, Keith, give me the history on this initiative. Uh, as, as the father of the buy button, you mentioned this conversation started in 2004. Is that right? Yep. It really started in the evolution of, for those who remember the 90s, you could have a client walk into your office, in personal lines, by the way, we're focused on that conversation here, Um, and you'd grab a manual and you had an idea of what each carrier wrote. I know this might sound crazy to people today, but back then that's the way we thought. So you knew if a carrier liked this demographic or that demographic, you you as an agent would run the reports, you would complete the applications, you could send somebody home in, in just a few minutes with a policy. And uh, you would estimate it either either out of your manual or there were, there were vendors who took those manual rates and created manufactured comparative rating systems that would then give you an idea. And frankly, if uh, somebody's premium came up to $637, you probably told them 660 and sent them home and then they were pleasantly surprised if it came in less. That that's kind of the way that it worked for a long time. And it was a different time of personal lines. Post-predictive modeling, multivariant rating, et cetera, et cetera, secret sauce, that changed, right? So we moved from manufactured rates to the rating type platforms that we have today. And it seemed like a wonderful thing, And but except now the carriers came to you and said, I need you to quote things 100% of the time. Oh, great. And then there was the cost of the reports. And then there was who can access the reports and can we get access access to contributory databases? Um, agents can't. So we moved the control from the agent saying, this is what the client is and here's how they're applying to that all coming from third parties for verification, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so now we effectively lost the ability to have that true bind process or buy button. And most of those rating platforms now, if you want to think in terms of a traffic light, they all had yellow buttons. Mm. We've been sitting at a yellow light now for years. And 
even it was challenging for the rating programs. That's why they call rating programs, because they actually used to do rating. Now they're data aggregation tools more than they're rating tools, right? And they do request response and uh, to get back those those rates. Many of the agents really were slow to adopt even those platforms because they didn't trust the numbers that came back, right? Mm. They said, uh, is it really truly bindable? No, um, it's an estimate based upon the best case. And then I have to bridge over to the carrier. Then I've got to, you know, click. So there were some things that initially were fixed. Um, the little checkbox that says, um, you know, run the reports was not in most of the systems. Uh, agents were finding themselves being billed back for reports out of their commission reports. It, it was It's a real business issue. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you what Dave Ack used to say all the time. This is a business issue. It's not a technology issue. So the industry is also often criticized for not solving the technology side. The technology side is solvable. A lot of it, what it came down to was the business side. So the buy button concept really was a, a business concept with a technology capability. And it was allowing an agent not to leave their systems, right? But mm -hmm. to stay in their system and buying the coverage in real time for a prospect or or remarket on a client. It wasn't, and this is the demystification, it wasn't about selling insurance online. You would see that often. People go, I don't know if I can get behind it. Right. It wasn't about that. And I'm right. just remember, we're going back early 2000s, right? Um, and I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't. I'm saying that's not what it was about. It was about being able to trust the numbers that come back, have a few of those buttons be green, mm -hmm. right? Not yellow, so you could absolutely trust what you were telling the client and it would not appear as a bait and switch or that you'd have to go back and say, oh, now that I've run the reports, it looks like this, let's go re-rate it again. Yep. So, you know, it has taken this period of time for the industry, you know, with the help of many of the groups that, you know, that Gordon and I just mentioned to try to get that effort behind. And, and by the way, so that means there's been lots of people for 20 plus years involved in trying to move this ball forward. Okay, so let, let me just break this down really quick. So, I, I and, and Gordon, maybe if you can give from a product standpoint the difference, as we were talking before we hit record, between the, the bind and the buy now, because they're, they're two different, uh, what you, you know, one is more external, one is more internal facing. And then I want to talk about, you know, why there was this sort of uh, mystery or, or assumption around, oh, well, it's just a way to, you know, sell more insurance online. Yeah, you know, I, I think as we started going on this journey, you know, several years ago here, when I first started, when I first joined Border Forest, it became really important and clear that we had to have a definition. Mm -hmm. And we had to clearly define that definition so that we all could speak the same language and knew what we were going after. So the term buy now and what, how we've coined it is allowing the consumer to purchase through an agent's website directly on a carrier's consumer facing issuing platform. Now, we all know in the independent agent channel that the amount of consumers that are going direct to uh, carriers for policy issuance is very small. That's, mm -hmm. that's why we have the trusted advisor in the picture here. Mm -hmm. Those agents play a key role here. But there are some consumers that are comfortable doing it, but they still want an agent in place, right? So when we went after that, we saw this was a way for us to explore what buy, net, buy online kind of felt like, buy now. Um, and and, that, and that'll, that got us into the game there. 
as we kept going forward here, bind within PL rating is, is taking the, the workflow that is typically seen on the carrier site when the bridge over to actually issue the policy is to bring that back into PL rating. So essentially to Keith's point here, that policy issuance would be in the PL rating software application mm -hmm. where the agents can leverage a single workflow to issue a policy across multiple carriers. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really what we're going after with Bind is how do we create that singular workflow that can be leveraged in an agency for multiple carriers. And that's really what you know, comparative raters started out at, you know, single entry, multiple carrier response. You know, you enter the data once, you hit, you know, the 10, 10 to 15 markets that you're you're going after to get a rate and you get those rates back. So same concept here with bind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess if I think back, Keith, to the the history of this initiative, right, and, and how things were done before comparative raters and before this digital presence, when the customer prospect walked through the front doors, if I was to draw an analogy, it's kind of like they're walking through the, the carrier's front door as opposed to the, the agent's front door online without the buy now or bind uh, button, right? I mean, in a way that if you see technology and a website as like the digital storefront or digital home front or digital agency, right, for that business, um, then you have to have some sort of buy now or bind button. Otherwise, you're right, the control or, um, you know, power is kind of just in the carrier's hands, which is, that's, that's, a, that's a sticky issue at the end of the day when the agent is the one with the relationship. Right, so an agency that's in a community that's known, they have a brand, they're invested in, in, in acquiring a customer, they want to be able to provide a good customer experience. Mm -hmm. um, now, whether that is that they are speaking with, you know, with someone in person, or if they're coming through the agency's digital customer acquisition strategy, right? They should have a good, consistent experience. That includes getting accurate, bindable quotes, right? Um, if you can't provide that in person and you can't provide that online, then you have now uh, disadvantaged yourself to those companies mm -hmm. that offer that experience, but typically that's through a captive or direct writer. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're only quoting one company. I used to joke that I could do the same thing if I called each day of the week for a company. Oh, Tuesday begins with a T, so we'll quote the company that starts with a T. And if I began and ended that, I could provide that probably truly bindable quote. I would also be ignoring my responsibility as being an independent agent mm -hmm. and working to provide the best solutions for the client, right? So yeah, I could turn myself into a different captive on every day of the week and probably in personal lines today. Most folks probably have a company, well, except for some states, <laughs> for almost every day of the month. Um, that's just in, in on the auto side, but this also impacts other lines of business like home or umbrella, right? Because the third-party reports that agents can't contribute to, we can't get access to them because we're not part of the contributory database, are used in the underwriting process by many of the carriers. Mm -hmm. um, when the premiums change, it means that the client could easily lose patience and go somewhere else. This, mm -hmm. is, this is not a good customer experience. You know, independent agents have more carriers offering 
more variety of coverages, endorsements, and premium options than direct writers and captive agents. Mm -hmm. True? Mm -hmm. We should look the best mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. that process. And that's why I've always been such an advocate of driving towards that buy button or bind button at the end of the customer interview, the end of that conversation. Yeah. We had it in the 90s. Yep. We don't have it today. Yep. So this is an example where technology and the business solution has not actually advantaged the agency. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you think, I'll have to ask the tough question here, do you think there's an unintended consequence Yes. Right. With, with with the pros, with and I hear you. I hear you out on that. Right. Like, absolutely. We we've got the power back. But do you think there's an unintended con consequence around commoditization? Right. Do you, do you think that, or or any other unintended consequences that maybe as we're starting to roll this out or seeing that we didn't expect? There's no difference between putting the information in and carriers having company unique questions and understanding the difference in coverage between the carriers, whether I get the right rates or the wrong rates. There's no difference in that process. The difference in the process is being able to close the sale at the end of the conversation. And the other thing I'll, I'll just hop in here too, comparative rating has always been in place. Hmm. The use of comparative raters, that is, hmm. that is, that is a different, different thought process, right? Because it's very easy for, and, and I know several agents that would uh, input their, you know, quotes that they have on an Excel spreadsheet. They'll ship it out overnight. They'll get comparative rates overnight. Comes back in to them in the morning. They've just comparatively rated, you know, those risks. Mm -hmm. You know, it was all manually done, but it's still the act of comparative rating is it's it's always been in play. Yeah. You know, so I know there's a lot of talk about commoditization of, of these personal lines auto products. I don't think comparative raters have done it. They, what they do allow here is they allow agents and agencies to be effective and efficient at quoting a personal lines, uh, personal lines risk mm -hmm. that historically hasn't paid from a commission perspective a high dollar, right? So so to make sure that agents are being effective and efficient here and they're able to compete, it comes down to volume, right? That's that's the way that this, the just the model works here, right? Um, and I think without the comparative raters, it's, it's one of those things where we'd almost push the agents back. Mm. I'd say even back further than the 90s because now you're getting pen and paper and you have to know the rock, you have to know all the, the rates and everything, right? You know, and it's really a huge step backwards where this is saying, hey, let's capture data. Let's push it out to all of your carrier partners and get that rate call one back. Right. Mm -hmm. I think as, as one of the big things we're pushing forward with buying today is not to get rid of rate call one because it plays an important part in the process here. But then how do we take that and move it to a rate call two? And this gets to where Keith's going is now and what we're coining it as a verified rate. And this is a rate where the agent and the carrier are agreeing and saying, based off the data attributes that one, we've secured, two, we've gone out, got contributory type data. Mm. This is the rate on the risk. And we're okay collectively to move forward with issuing, right? Mm -hmm. We're really not trying to change that workflow. What I always say right now around bind is I want to streamline it. I want to make it easier for Keith to be on the phone and say, yep, you know what? This is going to be your rate. You mm -hmm. want it? 
Mm-hmm. All right, let's sell it. And then we could sell it. We move on to the next one, right? Because yep. we need the agencies to grow organically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they can't rely on their renewal book to keep them moving forward. It's got to be organic new business growth. And when you say that in personal lines, we got to be effective and efficient with it. So taking, oh, go ahead, Keith. Well, I was just going to, Gordon, thank you for pointing out the standards, right? So these standards have been in place for a long time, right? Rate request one, two, three, rate call one, two, three. And so the, again, the technology is not in the way um, of this. Uh, the standards were built by the industry. What we have done is taken away the ability for the independent agent to, again, provide that good experience for the client that begins and ends on that initial call. Mm. It's so difficult. No one wants to be surprised. So even if you go through that process, you collect the information, the moment you bridge to one, what's the client hearing? Dead air. It's very difficult to keep that experience. And now the rate comes back different. You go, oh, all right, well, let me try this other one now. Well, we're going to end up at those numbers anyway. Yep. Um, you should never be concerned about being spreadsheeted. You should always be happy you're on the sheet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the point to a carrier. You want to be in the mix. Um, for 300 years, insurance has been spreadsheeted. That's, we're independent agents. We're supposed to be looking out for the betterment of our client. And I mean, in our world and in most of the professional agents that I speak with, it's not about $50. It's about what 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 fits for the client. And there are differences between these programs. They're not all created equal mm-hmm. and not everyone is perfect for everyone. It's the reason why many of the carriers, even when they're not competitive, they want that data back. They want you to quote it even when they lose because they learn as much in losing as they as they learn otherwise. I would certainly also engage them in their in their coverages as well, particularly when you get into the property side where there's a constant leapfrogging in the marketplace. So I would say to the carriers who are concerned, um, look at your agency force. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not about rating. This is about is your agency force? Are they partners? Are they working with you? Are you moving in the same direction? All the things that are used to be important in the 90s when you had a good partnership. Let's not commoditize the agency force either because yeah. there is differences between your partnership relationships with folks. Yeah. Um, so that would be, to me, the focus. It should not be about, can I actually get an accurate number? It's amazing to me. In 2023, we can even have a debate about the need for an accurate Mm. quote Mm. Yep. at the end of the conversation. Yep. By the way, ChatGBT was released and we're worried that AI is going to destroy human life. But, but, but. But we still can't get an accurate quote the first time (laughs) unless you are, you know, because every button's yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And my goal is to, you know, I'm going to use an old Zig Ziglar thing that used to say, do you call the traffic light in the middle of the intersection a stoplight? A lot mm. of people do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take the traffic light out of the intersection and tell me what happens to traffic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're go lights. Yep, yep. So that's what we have to do. We have to change our philosophy here to turning the process into a go light. Yep. So are are you? It feels like from the buy now side of things, where the agent is in control of the conversation and you know looking to start and end on the same call and, and provide a, an accurate uh, rate and then hopefully a, and get a decision from the prospect. 
But I think about that, uh, that the externally facing uh, option. And, I, and I'm curious, Keith, whether you're, like, would you warn agents to be a little afraid of that option? Or do you think they should dive head first with it? And here's kind of my thought process and tell me where I'm wrong. Um, I, I think back to that, that book, right, that my dad probably had that I didn't know about because he burned by the time I came into the agency and would pull off the shelf and he's on the phone and he's going through all the different rates and, you know, saying six, 660 instead of 637 so he makes him feel better. It would be almost like he took that book and he duct taped it to the outside of his building and said, well, come to my building and, you know, look at the, look at the rates or quotes uh, and, and then if you want to buy something, you know, great, just put a sticky note on the door or something, right? I, there's no interaction with, the, with, with him. Like, he doesn't get to build the relationship. Do you feel like that's a fair comparison? Do you feel like I'm maybe taking it to a, an unnecessary extreme? And, you know, kind of like at the end of the day, what do you think, right? I mean, is this something that agencies should use or should maybe use carefully? And answer your question by saying it's up to each agency. Um, that that conversation around should I expose um, what I'm offering to the general public or to the outside public? Can I leverage my brand and my community to extend it out to compete online? That's an individual decision by each agency. Supporting the initiative to have accurate quotes, whether you do it in person or online, to me is just a no-brainer, right? We should always, well, okay, so if you don't support accurate quotes, then you support inaccurate quotes, right? I mean, what are you fighting for? Mm -hmm. it, it should always be for accuracy because accuracy allows us to compete at the point when somebody wants something. 15 years ago, a client, you could say, hey, look, I'll call you back in five days, you know, whatever. Now, if you're not calling somebody back in five minutes, they might be gone. Mm. So you need to meet the customer, your customer, where you think they're going to buy. Now, if you specialize predominantly in hyper high net worth personal lines and you're doing it in a particular way, you may or may not feel as if this is your market. Maybe most of your clients are coming through a family office. That's one piece. If you're riding recreational vehicles 99% of the time because of your location, that might be different. That's why I said it's, it's going to be different for each agency. However, I mean, from my perspective, I've had CRQ on our website since the day it came out, right, which is consumer rate quote for those who don't know. Yep. And so we've always offered the ability for people to submit online. Yep. And, and, and here's how we enabled it. We looked at it as the post-sale process becomes incredibly important mm. when someone does look to procure their insurance mm. through you on your brand locally. So if they did make a purchase, you don't just you don't consider the post sale as the end. So when you do the pre-sale and they buy everything that you want, your post sale looks different. When you are acquiring online based upon your prerequisites, right? You don't want to write below a particular limit, et cetera, et cetera, right? Based upon your prerequisites, now, the post-sale is important. So when that person purchases insurance, almost immediately then somebody is engaging with them. Hey, I just want to say thank you very much for this. Let's go to the decisions that you made. We want to make sure you know that we're here for you. Yep. And there may be clients who say, well, that's not what I wanted. Well, maybe they're not your customer then. But yep. the point is, when you're working with a client, that sales process and the technology that you use pre, post, and during the policy period 
also becomes very important. So I would always say that any of the rating systems are, are that. They're aggregators. Let's get to the green button, whether it's online or in your office in person or any other way, right? But you also need to be making a commitment to other technology in your office, such as having the right management systems, the CRM systems, client nurturing tools, because the sales process is more than that 20 minutes that you speak with a client yep. initially engaging you, yep. right? Yep. So, so I, I, oh, go ahead, Gordon. Yes, please. Yeah, no, you know, Keith, I want to hop on one thing that you said here and, and thank you about it too, is, is the, the comment of choice, right? As we look in the independent agent channel, that choice factor, whether it's the carriers you represent, the agents that get selected for carriers to represent the consumer choice is, is really at the heart of the independent agent channel. And it really has to be at the heart of, of rating too, because we want that choice, you know, decision to come through in the technology we build, you know, so the choice around buy now, that's really too, we're taking it from a carrier perspective, an agent perspective, um, and allowing choice to be made. And even with bind too, I think it's very important. It's not an all for nothing thing. You know, choice has to be made here. And, and we really can't, you know, with a big broad paintbrush say, you know, you will do bind online. I just don't ever see an environment that that will ever occur in. It always comes down to choice. And that's that's the uniqueness of the independent agent channel, choice. Yep. Yeah, I think back to when Google Compare came into the industry and said, okay, we've got it figured out. By the way, we're cannibalizing our ad revenue. But aside from that, we're going to make so much money off of Google Compare. And they hired this guy from or I think he, maybe he had started a Google Compare UK and then they, he tried to open it up in the US. And what they found was that just about 70% of people who visited Google Compare went through the whole process up until the moment that they had to bind and then they called somebody. And then about 30% actually said, okay, I'm gonna bind. And so I think there is value. And I mean, I, I'm you know in my 30s, I would probably go to an agent's website at this point um, and, and, you know, if I was, if I was shopping, right. And look and see, okay, well, I, I want to information gather. I want to empower myself so that by the time I get on the phone, I don't sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so I do think there's value in it at the end of we the day. We find that with CRQ now. So yeah. if, if someone completes, they go online and they complete, and sometimes it's our own producers, right? Because it's convenient for them. They're in the field. They, you know, they work on it cause they're sitting at somebody's <laughs> conference room. Um, so that's that's one part of it and but we're almost immediately engaging them right because mm -hmm. the further you wait after being engaged whether it's to fill out a web form or act or they actually go through the process which is quite simple for the person online at this point now you get a chance to engage them if you don't speak with that person there's a really good chance you're going to lose them and when i say speak with them i'm saying communicate them in a method that they want to communicate there's one piece that was left out of this conversation though we talked about if somebody walks in your office and we're speaking about acquiring a new customer online. One of the other considerations here was that if you can get accurate quotes, that means that within your own client portals, you should also be able to embed these links mm -hmm. so that if somebody visits you and they've got a home and they have an auto, but you don't write their watercraft, I wanna be able to quote that inside my client portal and provide that cross-selling yeah. opportunity to them while they're checking on their other policies. Right. Right. So I think there are agents who would say, yeah, that I'll do. Right. 
right. before maybe they would say they would extend it outside to the general population, right? So there's a walk before you run scenario. So at least three, I call it level one is inside your agency. Level two is account rounding inside your client portals, gives them another one. And level three is client acquisition on the outside. Oh yeah. That's levels of thinking for agents. I didn't, I, you just blew my mind. I'm thinking about marketing campaigns. I'm thinking about an email that says, Hey, if you add, you know, if you bundle uh, your home with this, save $40, boom, button that goes right to it. There's no call somebody. There's no waiting. There's no, it's, you can, you can do it right there. I mean, that's increase, increase PIP count, right? So it's yeah. all about number of policies per client. Yeah. So why wouldn't we want a way where we can help to cross sell throughout the year, the number of policies per client that helps our account executives and our producers. Mm -hmm. And to Gordon's point, new revenue, new policy, which is a big focus for our firm, um, is the definition of organic growth. Not just acquisition of firms, but also new policy, new revenue equals organic growth. Yeah. It has a very high value factor to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keith, what are you? Oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, no, please, Gordon, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just gonna make the comment that, um, you know, I think as, as we look at our own personal shopping journeys, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's a level of like, you look at Amazon, that experience mm -hmm. and your comfort level with buying something from Amazon versus like your comfort level of buying like a high value item. And we each have different limits, right? You know, and, and I say this being in the insurance industry for over 20 years, I still don't trust myself, right? When I start talking about insuring large assets, you know, and that's really where we, I think we are seeing this where a lot of a lot of consumers are saying, I want to start the journey but I still want someone to come behind me and check because I'm not an insurance licensed agent. Right. And I, and I see that concept happening over and over again, you know, specifically when we start talking about like consumer facing buying, mm -hmm. you know, why the journey starts. Yes. We want to go, we want to get that rate. We want to understand where we're going to land, but you know what, Keith, I, I still need you to push the button, mm -hmm. right? It's not me pushing the button because I could miss something. You know, and and here I, I I should have said started off this. We all have an underwriting background, so do I, and I still will not buy my insurance without my agent doing it for me. I just and I, just about every study that you see just continues to reconfirm that. I I uh, love saying the D words have changed over the years. In the '90s, we were being disintermediated. In 1995, Bill Gates wrote a book called The Road Ahead. I think it was 11 months later, he had to rewrite half the chapters. That's how quickly technology had been introduced. Wow. And the the disintermediation period that we were going through during the dot-com boom was that all of these online companies were going to put independent agents out of business. Um, fast forward, we went from disintermediation to disruption. It's a different D word. Go back to 2015, all the disruption that was going on. Now, fast forward, all of those, we overuse the word insuretech, frankly, because it's not always a technology company. Sometimes it's just someone with digital distribution. But many of those carriers today have seen a tremendous reduction in their valuation. Hmm. Shareholders aren't thrilled. Mm -hmm. And now they're reaching out to mm -hmm. independent agents mm -hmm. for the distribution of their product. 15 years ago, I could name two or three major national captive companies who today, fast forward, are all through independent agents. So there is a, 
if anything, the independent agency system is stronger today than it has ever been. Mm. And it has grown in personal lines, not shrunk in personal lines, right? If you consider that all of those captives are now with independent agents, right? So a lot of those numbers have been wrong. And, and the reason why I say that is because it's not just personal lines. This conversation that we're having is also going to be around commercial lines and executive and specialty lines. And every agency needs to have a philosophy that works for their current clients and their target demographics, right, in each one of those areas. Mm -hmm. um, again, I'm just trying to get an accurate quote. <laughs> and if I can't do that, they're going to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Gordon. That's the challenge. We're working. We're, I was going to say, Gordon, for those listening who just want to get an accurate quote, how do they make this happen? You know, I, I think it all, you know, as, as we talked about, you know, like rate call one, you know, and moving on to rate call two and, and then ultimately three with the issuance here is it really comes down to, um, you know, it's really not technology here because we can build it right. It's really saying, how do we how do we get the right data set at the right time? to be able to confidently put those figures out in front of a consumer, you know, and, and this goes to, you know, kind of like I use it, like my, uh, my, my lighthouse in the fog is, you know, Hey, I want to get it there, get them there effectively and efficiently. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I say they, it's the agents getting them to that rate effectively and efficiently one where the confidence level is there to put it out in front of a consumer, knowing that this is what it's going to be based on the data set that was provided. When uh, when is this going to be available to to agencies interested? <laughs> of course, yeah, that's a hard <laughs> question, Sid. That, that's like the top of the list. Hard. Uh, I will say this: we we are heads down. We've okay. been heads down for several months, uh, building out a workflow. We're socializing the workflow with uh, our carrier partners, our agency partners, getting great feedback on it. You know, we're we're looking to start building it here shortly. You know, and, and knock on wood and all the stars align, I, I'm hoping, you know, by end of year, we should have something that's operationalized and out there and going. Mm -hmm. You know, granted, there's a lot of things that occur between now and then, especially when we're talking about uh, several different workflows and the, the those pieces that go into a workflow, a singular workflow, you know, and just the differences that each agency brings in, each carrier brings in and trying to solve for all that. You know, I, I think at the end of the day here, if we were to say, this is my underwriting days, the vanilla risks, you know, the ones that are clean, you know, the carriers want to ride it. If we can get those up and going, you know, and really get those in the buying process, I'd take that as a win, Huge. you know, because yeah. yep. it's streamlining it. You yep. know, those are ones where, you know, to Keith's point, if I can get in, they're on the phone and issue and move along, that's a piff, that's premium. Yep. We're moving forward. Um, and, and I also and taking care of the insured. Mm -hmm. Isn't exactly. that the whole point of this conversation? Sometimes yep. we get we, we look at the technology and the business challenge so much that we forget about something. We're, we're in this business because of above kindness and caring and wanting to take care of the insureds. Right. That's really what you can't be in this business if you don't have kindness in your heart, if you don't have caring. When someone has a claim, you need to be there for them, right? Yeah. So that that process, I believe, really comes across from, from the vast majority of independent agents who are focused, and that's why they grow because of that. Mm -hmm. We just need to actually have them have accurate quotes so they can close that yeah. conversation. The yeah. folks are sold. I have complete confidence in the independent agency system. I okay. know they want to buy from that agent. 
But when it takes sometimes days or hours for the person to finish that process, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they just go somewhere else. And I actually believe in many cases they end up with less sophisticated products that may not satisfy their needs simply because it was easier to purchase. Yeah. So, so Keith, what are you going to do on January 1st of 2024 after the buy and bind buttons are released and you don't have to change? Like, are you going to go on a cruise? You're going to take retirement? Like what you're going to, this is a 20 year. Now, there's always something else said. Aye, something. There I'm, focused on, I'm focused on <laughs> cyber and technology right now. I mean, it's, it's great, but uh, I can tell you this. If for some reason things don't happen, I know where Gordon lives. <laughs> you know, Keith, the other thing to call out. Dave Acker and I are going to take a ride yeah. up. I might even be able to recruit my old friend, Doug Johnson, who was at Applied years ago. We were working it. So all of these folks were involved when yeah. Augie got behind it, et cetera. So, you know, I'm just thrilled that Gordon's picked up the baton and runs with it with as much passion as anyone I've met on this topic. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Keith, you know, this is a journey, you know. I, like I said, started the conversation here, the foundation was laid. All mm -hmm. right. You know, the baton, we're picking it up, we're moving it forward. It's a journey though. You know, so January 1st, Hey, we get one through a vanilla one, you know, that's the first step, but we're not going to stop there. We're going to keep on going here because we've got to get this workflow effective and efficient, you know, to Keith's point, you know, I really want the agents spending their time on value added activities for the agency. And that, like you said, is, is taking care of the insureds. Mm -hmm. Taking care of them, those mm -hmm. that's value add. Mm -hmm. You know, issuing a policy, we got it. That that's a business process. You know, mm -hmm. it really comes down to taking care of the insured. Keith, I, I have one last question to to take us home here, and that is for all of the uh, the the two thousand four Keiths living in two two thousand twenty three, right? If that makes sense. So it's it's the the young bucks out there, the indie agents who have their their cause that they're trying to champion they see something going awry in the independent agent model and they want to they want to affect that change right I, I am assuming that there were points in your journey over the last 20 years where you probably just wanted to throw your hands up and say no one's gonna you know, no one's listening it's not moving fast enough it's not it's not working and and yet here we are you know on the eve of the 20th year and you've got the guy running all things for PL rating and you know the CEO of Vertifor in agreement that this is where we're headed, standing on stage saying, like, we're committed to this this year. What do you say to the, the, the young bucks out there that are in your shoes but 20 years ago? Well, I can tell you the passion and persistence pays off. So, uh, you know, never give up. Mm -hmm. uh, get involved in your state trade associations. This actually began at a I think in Atlantic City at a PI in New Jersey meeting with regional carriers. And I think there was one or two nationals in the room. And Dave Acker and Doug Johnson and a few other people came in for this. Um, so it's it often these start at a local level. So that's where you need to start it. Um, I absolutely would encourage people to get involved with Augie as well, because if you go to augiegroup.org, you'll see that most of the major vendor systems, state associations, technology committees, all collaborate together in one place at one time. There is no cost to participate in that. Lots of white papers there. Um, so I already mentioned the trade associations and those. And then lastly, obviously, your user groups, regardless of what system you're using, you know, look, there's an opportunity. Uh, no one is throwing volunteers away, right? Mm -hmm. 
And that's how everyone, I mean, lots of relationships I have in this business for a long time, they've typically come from those three areas. And for those who wonder, you know, how you might have time to do that, I have to ask the question, how do you not find time to do that? Mm. You know, if you're in this business, you're in the business, and if you can affect change, you're going to do it. And I could tell you that personally, I've received back, you know, 20x anything I've ever contributed to the business. So um, if you are younger in the business today and you're looking for a doorway and you just don't know where to go, hit me up. I'm more than happy to railroad you into some committee somewhere <laughs> from somebody um, you know, to do something to help everybody else. So um, I will end with this. There's a lot of volunteers who were involved in this project over the years and still will be. And, you know, you might say you don't call them all out by name. Well, most of them that I know wouldn't want to be called out by name. They all embrace a philosophy, which is if you do something nice for somebody and more than two people know about it, you and the person you did it for you might have done it for the wrong reasons. So these are folks who have dug the wells, you know, that, that people are drinking out of today. And they also know when they did it, there was someone before them. And then there was someone before them. So, you know, we're talking a few hundred years of driving this, but technology those driving technology in this business were 70s, 80s people. So, you know, there's a lot of history and there's a roadmap for you to follow. It's not that difficult. Mm. You know, get engaged and make it happen. And I hope somebody's going to pick it up behind me at some point in time. Well, thank you, Gordon. And <laughs> we'll keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Keith, thank you so much. Um, not just for carving out time today, but for all the work over the last uh Two, two decades. That is a lot of work to put in, a lot of muscle, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. So as somebody who's you know in their 30s, I feel like I'm just getting started in the industry. Thanks for making sure that it's a strong model uh, you know, going forward. We, re we appreciate you. And um, for those of you guys who are interested, uh, well, Gordon and his team are working very hard to make things happen this year. So just make sure you stay tuned. And if you loved this episode, which I know you did because we settled a 20-year debate, go to youtube.com, hit that subscribe button, follow us on your favorite podcast platform, and stay tuned for more weekly episodes. Guys, with that, hope you all have an awesome one, and thanks again. Thanks, Sid. Thanks, Gordon. Thanks, Keith.